אוקיי, שבוע טוב, שבוע של גאולה בעזרת השם, שבוע של שמחה, שבוע של בשורות טובות. אדר א', we continue to learn, פהומנט על אדר א', ספונסר בי לורי וסטיבן איגל, memory of לורי's אימא, צביה ברכה בס אליה, anonymously in honor of the coming of Mashiach, and by the Merkins in honor of their son Yaakov Akiva completing the Nachiomi, and for the protection of their son Hillel Tzvi Yehuda, currently serving in Azan, all the Chayalim. And today as well, today's sponsorship is dedicated by Elian Masha Goldsmith, dedicated to Milchem Esmikdash, and for the safety and protection of their son Baruch Yitzchak Ben Eliyahu Eliezer Akoyen, which... We're so happy to have with us this past Shabbos and uh, got the Duchen together with him. It was very, very special. So as we're continuing now, where we're at in this, uh, in this beautiful journey of the Zehut, of finding our identity, sometimes I really want to run with the Sefer. I want to run. I want to run with it. I want to f- just jump and see what else Yala bring us to, the, to all the explanations of how, how to talk to this door, how to talk to ourselves. וכולי וכולי, and sometimes there are certain key paragraphs that it would just be פשוט מאוד אסור, אסור to just jump over. But I just want to, before we move forward at all, I just want to put out a, a real cry, a real, a real tefillah that Hashem should send the, the messages that are needed for this door that's looking for the zehut, to hear it from the right people. In a very clear way, in a, in a way that reminds them what they, who they are and what they're made out of. And I was thinking about this a lot over Shabbos, and this morning I saw a Torah by, uh, I think it's the son of the Chassam Sofer, of Moshe Sofer, I think the Ksav Sofer. Listen to this beautiful void, it's such a beautiful, beautiful void. It's so beautiful, like, shows you the depth of Hasidus, how they look at every Pasuk and they... They see things, even though Reb Moshe Sefer, I wouldn't say that the Chassam Sofer was, uh, you know, from the line of Hasidus, but it's still just, it's brought in a compilation of Hasidic teachings on the parasha. It, it says, um, there's a pasuk in the parasha that says, something like that. Uh, and then it says, and then they, they should do whatever they have to do. But the pasuk says, you should speak to all the Chachmei Lev. You should speak to all those that have wisdom in their heart, and they shall do so-and-so, and then they should begin to uh, construct so-and-so. So the word that I saw, if I remember correctly, it said like this, is that what we need, what Maishu Rabbeinu was able to do, is he was able to talk to someone and tell them, Boychik, you're a Chacham Lev. Not like, I'm looking for those that have Chochmas Lev. You are a Chacham Lev. You have wisdom of the heart. And then once a person heard that, then immediately like, that's right, of course, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right? Sorry? Turn the light on? That's it. It's not just like, oh, that's right. Bing, that's, you know. And that's what we're looking for, like, across the board. Like someone to come and tell those, those words. You know, Yiddelach, this is, this is who you are. Now what's very interesting is that what we're seeing in the world, in terms of Jewish identity, is something very, very interesting. Um, I don't know how many of you are following Matisyahu at all, but you know that he's on this uh, crazy trip of, of Jewish identity again. And, you know, it's, it's in the, this like, very just basic stage of like, um, who sings that song? 
I'm a Jew and I'm proud of... Who sings Benny Friedman. Benny Friedman, right. Right, right. We used to... Ah, oh, the girls used to go to sleep to that song every night. I'm a Jew and I'm proud and... Forget Allah and forever and ever. That's what I'll be. <laughs> so we're seeing this, like, this amazing, like... Just this amazing display of like, I'm a Jew and I'm proud, right? And it's coming from like, you know, very, very far out places, like, places like, you know, crazy places, you know, places you wouldn't necessarily, and, and that's their feeling of like, shaykhus, you know, that's their feeling of, of like, I'm shaykh, this is my front on the battlefield, right? And then, like the the, the the question becomes deeper for us that are already, I mean, of course, we're Jews and we're proud because our our legs lifted us up and made us come here and we're here. And then that question is, well, how do you how how does that manifest here? Like, what's the equivalent of I'm a Jew and I'm proud and you know what what's the what's the what's the concept what's the level of that when we're here already when like no I I did that. I checked that box because I'm a Jew and I'm proud and I made Aliyah. I'm here. I'm in Eretz Yisrael. And there's a whole merchav, there's a whole world, there's a whole space of like understanding what is, what's that nigan today for us that are here, right? And what's the nigan for those that are already in that parsha? Like they don't have to now put on a flag or something. And because the light was turned on a, a while ago, the question is, what's, what's the, what's the light now? What's today's light? What's today's turning on of the light? And that's why what we were learning for the last few uh, weeks, not last week we didn't have shir, but before that, Rav Sasun was teaching us that the process of Geula began when Moshe Rabbeinu was introduced to a burning bush. I'm just going to recap very fast what we learned in the last few times. Moshe Rabbeinu was introduced to the Rabbana Shleilam by a burning bush, and the fire is not consuming, to show us that Hashem was showing Moshe Rabbeinu, I know you think you know these people because you grew up with them. I know you think that they're done, they're tired, they're, they're, they won't have any zitzvah to do anything. But I'm, but Moshe Rabbeinu is being shown by Kadosh Baruch Hu belabas esh. This is who they are. Like inside that place called the Neshama Elokis, it never, ever, 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 ever stops being on fire. Ever, it never does. Paro sees we begin to have some type of a connection to that, and what's his response? Tichbad alaya avoda. He makes the he makes the workload heavier. Now, why does he make the workload heavier, like we did, like we described, so that there wouldn't be any distractions from the workload? Because if there's distraction from the workload, then what happens to me? What do I have time to do? I have time to uh, to to lead chaber to that place of I'm a Jew and I'm a proud and whatever the rest of the words are right now, right? That's what that's basically what ends up happening. So, in the time of Mitzrayim, the Gula of Mitzrayim, the fo- the form was: How do I disconnect the yid from listening to his neshama? Distractions in the form of more workload, more bricks, more work that had, you know, the, the most damaging thing psychologically of that workload was that they all knew that work was not, was for nothing at the end. They worked, 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 and that work didn't do anything. But today's distractions are very similar. They're very, very similar in a certain way. The things that take us away from listening to our neshama seems like we put so much, not work, but time and invested into that which takes me away from listening to my neshama. 
I'm listening to a lot of other people's neshamas. I'm getting exposed to a lot of other people's opinions. And I'm hearing about a lot of different shitas and stuff like that. But I'm not listening necessarily. No one's showing me. No one's telling me. No one's teaching me. No one's displaying to me that that's not the avoda. We could hear shmuzes, al-gabi shmuzes, about the dangers of social media and the distractions of it. So I'll stop, I'll go on a, like a cleanse, and I'll, I don't know if any of you are on cleanses, of social media cleanses, they're very, they're very interesting, they're very beautiful, they're very frightening at a certain point when you walk around and you're, you realize, like, like an addict that like, stops sugar or something, and then you realize, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. I can, yeah, but what, what can you do? You, you can, you're actually able then to have time to do what's needed to come out of, come out of Parot Mitzrayim of today. Come out of Mitzrayim of today. And this is the last struggle. The last struggle is, before the great day comes, that Bezrat Hashem should be through our days, with our children, witnessing the coming of Melech HaMashiach, having enough guts to go to, under, to learn and to understand and be committed to, <coughs> to listen to our own calling, listen to our own neshama, and not dafka through the butchering of 1,400 Yidin and hundreds of soldiers. Meaning that the cause for me to connect to my neshama and to hear what's going on inside should not be any external, any external cause, and definitely not Khalila seeing this, you know, Seeing, being exposed to what we saw, which in the world, that's really what triggered a lot of this like awakening of Jewish pride. Rav Nassim Breslovic teaches in a few places the, the way that it lasts forever and that can't be untouched, this awakening, is that it does not happen by that. That it happens by a bechira, a choice, a commitment, that I'm now going to go into a, a beautiful, beautiful journey to discover what is my neshama really telling me. And I'm not saying, Khalida, that no one's, we're not there yet. I'm sure many of you have moments like this all the time, for sure. But when it, we're, we're speaking right now about the Kumav, the Klal, like the whole people, the whole nation. And that's what we're, that's what we're attempting to do. So if you have the, the pages, the Sefer, Andaf Kuf, Kuf Lamed. Kuf Lamed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is Daf Kuf... There's no Kuf Lamed in there? No, this one doesn't have one. Some, I'm sorry, some do. I'm sorry, I'll get more. Uh, Masha, we did the shear for... Absolutely. Okay, Shem Yishmor, I wish you your goodness. I was saying what a pleasure it was to duchen with him on Shabbos. It was very, very special. Baruch Hashem. What we did, what we started last time was the top of Kuflam, just the first paragraph, and we're going to go forward today. The fo- again, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read it again very fast, because we just basically said this right now. Paro chashet asakana gdola bitkomut anishmatit. Paro sensed, uh-oh, they're, gonna, they're getting in touch with their neshamas. What should I do? Evin. She'en lo efsharut l'achnia et ha-neshama u l'shamat ha-tiva. Paro sees, I can't change the nature of these, these people's soul. I can't change the nature of it. 
לכן הוא ביקש דבר אחד, let me just, he said, I want to make sure one thing happens, שלא יהיה לעם ישראל זמן לחשוב. Don't have any time to think. If you start thinking too much, you start getting in touch with this too much, bad scene. I can never afford for them to have a moment for Hisboidus, because if any of these didn't have any Hisboidus sessions, forget it, the game is over. The game is over. וזה שאמר, תכבד העבודה על האנשים ויעשו בה ועל ישעו בדברי שקל, שיהיו עסוקים כל הזמן בלי רגע לחשוב, without a second to think, בלי שנייה אחת, בה יהיו בלא גירוי חיצוני שיעסיק את נפשם ורוחם. without any seconds that they could have access to this place of called soul and spirit, כך שלא יפנו את תשומת ליבם פנימה. This is an order that they don't pay attention and start going forward inside their heart, Because then they'll find something. They'll find a neshama zo'eket mibifnim. They'll find a soul that's screaming from inside. Now what's, what's amazing is that we could spend our whole lives and feeling good about ourselves, feeling good about our life decisions, feeling good about Yiddishkeit, without ever getting access to what's actually really taking place beneath the surface our whole lives. Because there's some kind of a shell, there's like a, there's a machitza over it. And then once in a while, you, you, you're like, oh, I thought I was doing good. And then something triggers you, something happens. And then you're like, what? You, you, you hear something. And at the beginning, it's like, it sounds like this. Then the more you like, you pay more attention, you hear, and then after a while, if you play, pay closer and closer and closer attention, You can, you can definitely start to hear, hear the words, please, get me out of here. Get me out of here. This is the process. This happens. This happens to every person. Every, every single one of us that's born as a Yidin or that joined Am Yisrael. This is the Neshama Elokit. This is the Nefesh Elokit that's always screaming. Now you can't hear this sound without quiet. You can't hear it. You can't hear this sound without any element of like, even the, the, the tiniest yeshiva das, a little bit of a yeshiva das. Now, sometimes these moments happen when you hear a nigun. When you hear a nigun, you hear some kind of a nigun, somebody is able to, you know, to take you to this, to the explosion. Oh yeah, that, 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 that's what it is. Now you want to ignore it sometimes. You know why? Because it then is going to mess up your seder. What do you mean? It works for me. I, 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 I can't stop having the, the Rabinowitzes. There's no Rabinowitz here, right? I don't know. Like, I don't, it's not my like, Rabinowitz or the uh, Mendeloviches or I, whatever last name, right? I, I can't have them over for lunch anymore because I'm, I'm hearing my, my soul crying and it knows it wants Shabbos, it wants a, a table of Melachim. It wants to, be, it wants to create the, 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 the setting of the Shechina to come and sit at the Shabbos table, but I just know it's not like that with, with the so-and-so, right? This question comes up, oh, I, I get asked this question every week. Someone had a really hard time from coming to the, the Shi'un because they basically stopped accepting all, all, all lunch invitations and, because they couldn't, they, they, they're trying to figure out how to, how, how do you do this, right? You know, how do you, how could you, how do you start addressing this voice and at the same time keeping shalom with, with friends and family that you love. So quite often we don't like this voice. So we're like, you know what? I wasn't born in the shtetl. I don't have the Baal Shem Tov here to guide me. I don't have all these things. I know it's there. 
I'll, I'll add some tzedakah, I'll, I'll start doing the afiyomi, and, and we'll call it a, a day. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent is, right? And this is a hard place. This is a really serious place. But I, I want you all to, I'm just going to confess, like this room is intended for one word only, a revolution. It's not like nice words. Like the point of these shiurim are not, so you know what Rabbi so-and-so says. It's to change over our lives. And when it's mamash l'shem shamayim, it happens l'shem shamayim, and it happens in a peaceful way, and it's contagious, and everyone wants to be part of it, because you start getting them to listen. You're like, oh, I could talk to someone about this? Thing, are you hearing voices? I thought I was the only one hearing voices. <laughs> yeah, I'm also hearing voices, you know? And then the kook, the kookiness stops feeling so weird, it kind of feels like the norm. And eventually, the more... You know, the more the norm is this kookiness, the kookiness will actually turn up to being you know, a world where we're, we're just okay with as long as everything is working, but I don't really pay attention to that zakat neshama. Slowly, slowly, these things unfold. Khan, now look what he says here. And I, I thought it was, we were just going to run through these pages, but this paragraph is, this paragraph is very, very important. Here we have a really deep foundational teaching regarding the struggle between slavery and freedom. This is very relevant to our generation. Paro's strategy was very armumi, tricky. What did you say? Craft, yeah. That basically forced people to seal their ears shut. Paro's whole, you know, his whole shtick was, I'm going to do it like this without telling them, don't listen to your neshama. I'm just going to cause the, you know, in a tricky way, I'll cause the metzius of their lives that they won't be able to afford to listen. He's pretty smart. Paro? Yeah, Paro was smart. This shita is basically an action that was made in order to remove, to destroy the the pnai, the sheket. And those moments of silence, because in those moments of silence, because those are the moments of silence it's actually not silent. What Rabbi Nachman calls Zakat Admama, the scream of silence. There's a scream that emerges from the place of silence. It's actually the noisiest thing you ever heard, much noisier than any other distraction. Nekudazo, Chisul Hapnai Vadmama, who he hamarkiva mahuti biyoter bebeita avadim amitzri. Remember, we said that Hashem made very clear what he was taking us out of when he first meets us at Har Sinai. Remember what, the, remember what we, were, we, were, we were spending time on? Anochi Hashem alokecha asher tzitiha meret mitzrayim mi avdut. Is that what it says? No. Beit avadim. Exactly. Beit avadim. You could, be, you could feel like you have everything that you need to get by in life, and it could be a beit avadim. That's a beit avadim. Avdut is, is like a slammer. Avdut is the jail cell. A slave, I'm a slave to something. Beit Avadim is, I don't have any consciousness or awareness that I actually am not accessing that which really, really makes me be alive in this world, and that is access to the neshama. 
השקט הוא האיום הגדול. Quiet is the greatest, greatest threat. כי באותו קול דממה דקה נמצא השם ומופיע הנשמה, לכן, התרבות שמבקשת לשלוט על הנפש והרוח, חייבת לסתום כל חור וכל סדק. Therefore, the culture that demands to control the נפש and the רוח must, must shut, shut off every tiny hole or crack, כדי שאור הנשמה יישאר חנוק מבפנים. So that the light of the soul remains חנוק, choked, חנוק, choked from within, ולא יתגלה, and won't be revealed. אפילו כמלא מחט צדקית, even, not even like putting a little needle in there, there's no room. I want to tell you that one time I had the most, uh, greatest moment of kinat sofrim, holy envy. It was at a venue for, for, an event, for a show, I don't remember what it was exactly, And Karduner, Yosef Karduner was on the bill as well. Karduner showed up about 45 minutes early, and he said, I'm really, really tired. I'm going to go to sleep in the car. Okay? How many times did you say, did you have, well, it's very rare you bichlal have those moments, but you had a moment where you actually had 45 minutes and you were tired, and you actually went to sleep. And... you didn't bring your pocket computer with you. Because the pocket, you just say, whatever, I'll just get this to get me tired, you know, I'll, I'll listen to this till I fall asleep, I'll watch one thing to distract myself, and he went to his car, and he went to sleep, and we went on his door, and knocked on the door before he had to come up, and we woke him up from sleeping. I was like, wow, a person without, without being, a person that has quiet, can afford to also give himself what he needs when he knows what he needs, you know, when, when he needs it. And this is something that, you know, I've, I myself have tried many different times and tactics, and it seems like this, this struggle to be able to live in the world, communicate with the world, and mamash transmit and go back and forth, be mashpia in the world, and receive from the world, but with clear, clear, clear awareness of when I need to shut things off in order to be able to function, seems to me like the greatest mastery someone could achieve in, in the times that we're in right now. Where are the people that are able, really able to do this? Mamash. Now, you think Paro is tricky. This is even trickier what we have up against us. Because so much of it is Mamash B'Shem HaKadusha. You understand? Paro's thing wasn't B'Shem HaKadusha. Paro's distraction methodology was not B'Shem HaKadusha. But any culture that basically kind of gets you to think that you need to know what's going on, that doesn't involve, you know, what's really going on, is an imprison, imprisoning effect. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple thing. Yeah. Can I just ask, I guess my own, my own question with this saying that now we have such distractions, why wasn't we good with 20 years ago when we didn't have cell phones? Like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it was this golden, like we were just kids, so whatever, thank God we didn't have cell phones, but it, like, it's like you're implying there's like there's abdut, and now there's cell phones, but there weren't cell phones until 15 years ago. Right, so what's the question? Why was... Why wasn't there... Why were things not different 20 years, like 20 years ago, there wasn't more of a about like... Ah, well, I, I, I have the answer, I have the answer. I have no idea. How, like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's something about the, 
now this is our struggle. <coughs> what happened in between? Wow. I have a I much, I have a much heavier question. Okay. How could it be Mashiach didn't come 1946? <laughs> How in the world could it be it didn't come in 1967? I have no idea. But what's, I'm trying, but that's not really your question. What, what is your, it's not a question, it's a statement. Why are you, it's kind of like what Karen said two weeks ago. Why are you making it so hard? That's more the question. Hashem, why are you making it so hard right now? That now it's so much harder. I guess it's just like the generation's blame on cell phones, which is very real. It's sort of like it only explains this moment. It doesn't explain anything. But happened. but that's what we're because that's, that's where we're that's all we have. What what else do we have? He's not. He, he's not. First of all, he didn't mention the, the word cell phone. He he's just talking about distractions. You know, what I mean, there, there, there are a lot of other things that you could put in there. However, I think it's pretty clear that if we're speaking about that, if if we're saying like this. If I have quiet, and I learn how to listen to my neshama, and I hear it, and I wouldn't be able to ignore it, because once you really hear it, you can't ignore it, right? Then I would do anything in, in, in my ability to be able to live that type of a life, right? But look how tricky it is, is because at least in my family, I kind of have to be on top of my children's school schedule through that, you know, through that, through through that same device, it's like such a weird thing. It's like, wait a second, this is—it's actually a lot of good ways and things that I could do. But but on the other hand, I have to be aware of the of the price of of the cost of it. So it's it's not all on that. But you I mean listen, in the in the in the early nineties, right? In the early nineties, what when did cell phones really start taking off? In like the thirty years ago. No, no, I think a little bit less. Twenty years. Not cell phones, not cell phones, smartphones. How many years ago was that? Like 15 years ago? Mashu Kazan? Let's say like this, from the moment, no, I'll ask differently, like when did it start becoming what it is? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Like when did it start becoming what it actually is? Let's say, let's say like this between 10 and 15 years ago now. But let's admit, even before that, there were plenty of distractions that took me away from listening to my neshama, right? It just got accelerated, accelerated tremendously. But what he's talking about is tarbut, okay? Cultures. He said, any culture, I think the words that, he, is that what he said? Yeah. A culture that asks to control the, the spirit and the soul. In order to do that, it must remove from you any room or any space to think, to listen. You know, there's a guy that we went down, uh, that we got very close to from Beiri. Many of you met him. His name is Yardi. Yardi is for Ben Kibbutz Beiri, and uh, his brother, um, Shachar, was killed in the, in the, farm, in the dentist uh, office there. And, um, you know, Kibbutz Beiri is, a, is, is like probably one of the most strongest you know, left-wing, like, hardcore Shalom Achshav, or was, I would say, places. I don't I, I think, I'm sure it changed tremendously. So, on the first time that we went down there with him and he was taking us around, he was saying to us, um, He said, I started thinking. Remember, were you there when he said that? He said, I started thinking. And I started thinking about the whole situation that we're in, and I, I moved out from here, 
And I pulled myself out completely of, of the ideology that I was born with and raised with. And I just started thinking for myself, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm I don't have these thought, the same ideology of, you know, what my family and, and everyone else here did. It's like he he gave himself time to think, and to and I, you know I didn't want to tell him. I was like, what you basically did was you just gave time for yourself to listen to your neshama, uh, to a certain extent. That that when the neshama, if you listen to the neshama in the context of Eretz Yisrael, you obviously realize they must go. They all have to go. That's halfway. They have to go. And and mitziyot. When you start listening to your neshama, to the Yiddish neshama, it doesn't. There's no. When you start listening to it, but because we're so, we have so much information coming from every single direction from people that are very smart, <coughs> very very smart people, and people with very good kavanas, it doesn't give us the opportunity to listen to what's going on. So he's not. Maybe he's not thinking they must go, but he's. And he's definitely, you know, more in tune with the fact that Yeshpo Eretz Israel. Like, what's going on? Hold on a second. There's a, there's a piece of land that's tiny. It's a tiny piece of land for Am Yisrael. Let's start listening. The problem, and this is, I brought up in Shir a few weeks ago, and I got slammed from someone that watches online that didn't understand what I was saying, but it's okay, is that I, 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 we're... we're, we're just politically speaking, or, or Medini speaking, what we what we would love to see is a revolution within all those that may be saying the right things, Tartei Mashma, that it's coming from the Shama, it's coming from the Zakat of the Neshama, you know, in a very spiritual way, that that's where it's coming from. I believe the Am is waiting for that voice that met, that speaks in the name of Eretz Yisrael to be the same voice that is really speaking about your own you know, you're on the Shema and, and just completely from a soulful place. That's what I mean. The second that just came out that 80% of parents and teachers think that there isn't enough Judaism being taught in schools. Yeah. I mentioned her on Shabbos. Galit. Galit Yisrael. I mentioned her on Shabbos. She was about a Seker that came out 80% of the country. Yeah, I gave her a bracha that she should... Um, continue to listen to her own neshama and get far, far away from being a chavrat knesset so that she could continue to listen to, to her neshama. Because in that place, she'll get, she'll, first of all, she'll be, she, she herself said that she's going to be out by the next, uh, by the next seven, yeah. So then somebody else will be Unfortunately, yeah. No, no, but what I, what I mean is that we need to, we need to chuck out every single one of the 120. There needs to be a completely new light. Alavai, they should all, Alavai, Galit, Distal, this talk should just be the way that the Nifchare Tzibur of Am Yisrael talk. Malka, what I meant is that she should be the Rosh Shalom, meaning, but in the, in, the, in the current, in the current, you know, meaning, like, could, can you imagine that the Knesset of Am Yisrael were, were, were people that were representing the cry of the Neshama of Am Yisrael? Yeah, I want to imagine that. Like, I, I want to imagine that. Yeah, yeah. So she should have a. You're sitting here. Of course, there's hope. <laughs> Where we woke up this morning. Of course, there's hope. Yeah. Um, I dove into this past into the golden calf. Wow, well, you have two more weeks to. to, to I know. Get I know. It was. I sort of just jumped into it because yeah. I, I. I definitely feel like what you're saying right now is our time frame bends yeah. in that moment, like distraction of the chatter, right. and then you making a decision 
you know, are you on Israel or, right. you know. So that, that happens again, that, that theme that you're speaking about, something we spoke about a lot in recent years, this concept of that the Egel HaZahav, the golden calf, came about because according to our calculations, time was up for, time was now meant for the revelation, for Moshe Rabbeinu to come down from Sinai with the Torah. And based on a miscalculation, you're not really listening to the cry of the Neshama, but based on a miscalculation, he didn't come down then, he came down a day later. Boom, I need something else. Where else does this happen? Later on in history, which we're going to celebrate soon. So on Purim, what was the celebration of Achashverosh and Vashti's feast? They calculated, right, how much time would pass from the Churban Abayis, and they said, if it doesn't happen until now, that means it's never going to happen again, that we're going to go back and build the Beis HaMikdash. It was also a miscalculation. And therefore we found Jews feasting at the Seudah of Achashverosh, because based on our need for something to happen right now, if that's not happening right now, the question is, can you sit a little bit in quiet and, one, and, and pay attention? Maybe something bigger is taking place, or do you need something now? Now, right? That's the same thing, the same parallel with Purim and Parashat Kitisan, the golden calf. I mean, the whole culture of now. The culture of now. Now, what I want you to see is that the next two pages, how far does, your, does the handout go out? To what page? Oh, a lot. Okay, okay, so we can continue going. Now, the, the next two pages is basically the, the Rav Sasson explaining how, if you see on the bottom of Kuflamid Aleph, the bottom of Kuflamid Aleph, and he's talking more about what are the, what's the illness of Western civilization. And he says over here that Western civilization, the Western world, you know, they always tell, they, they show you. If you do this, you could become this, but it's all based on external things. It's not like if you do this, you could become this, and what they're describing the this is, if you learn how to listen to your own soul, you could become this. It always has to do with the word tzlut. Tzlut means dependency. If you learn to hack, if you figure out that system, you could become that. If you figure out that system, you can then grow and become that. Look at the bottom of Kuflam and Aleph. That's what the Western world basically broadcasts to the world, that the, the, yeah, the scale, the ladder of happiness exists outside of a person, and you have to go and get it. He's saying, it's like, you know, one of the greatest things that I was so astonished and shocked by when I made Aliyah as a kid was that people freaked out about Petel. (laughs) And I don't understand this. Like, you have water, and then you have this other artificial artificial (laughs) coloring taste geschäft, and and you could do it in different... Back then it was really just... uh, The main one was uh, Petel, but then it became, you know... Anything, right? <laughs> I was like, and everyone's like, well, look at this. You could do this, and you could do this, and it makes this. I'm coming from America. I'm like, or you could just buy the bottle that, <laughs> that gives it to you. I don't know if Petro, is Petro still big today? Yeah. yeah? So he's saying over here, what the world tells you is that you on your own are what? Plain water. Water. You're plain water. You need Petro. You need the Marquivim to come and put it inside of you. 
כאילו כל כוחותיו וכישרונותיו אינם אלא בית כיבוד, לממש את המהות הזרה הניתנת בו ויוצרת את חייו, it's like he's saying over here, it's as if our, all of our כוחות, all of the, what makes us us, all of our כישרונות, all of our, our, our talents, they're not being used, they're saying you need other כישרונות and כוחות to get you, whatever that is you, to get you going. כמו כן, הוא מיטיב להציג עולם שלם של הישגים חיצוניים המספקים עושר חיצוני. כסף, נכסים, מעמד חברתי, תואר אקדמי, הצלחה פרסומית, וכל כיוצא בזה, מוצגים לעיני כל כשיאים נכספים. וסוחפים את כולם לרצות להצליח גם כן באחד ממדי ההצלחות. You know, without revealing too much and praying that my parents' friends are not watching this or learning this, but there was one friend that my parents have, that we've had most of our lives. Sincere, loving people, very successful. And they've been in our lives since I'm a little kid. And I always used to get nervous whenever they'd come over. Always. Because he would, the father would always talk to me about making sure that I'm not losing track of, you know, being responsible in this world and, and, and you know, following... following the written path as to how, how you get, how, how to become successful in this world. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, that it was coming from nothing but utmost love. And I didn't listen to anything he ever told me. Not Peshitta, just I started listening. At a young age, someone came in and cracked open a certain mechitza over my soul, and I can't ignore it, and trust me, I wish I could have. Many times. <laughs> Many, many times I, I tried putting on the fattest mechitzas you could imagine and blocks and blinds and you know, but, but certain things you just, you just can't. And then, and then about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, I saw him again somewhere and he said, uh, he said wow, you see, like all, the, all that hard work paid off. And I almost said to him, I said, the hard work was not listening to anything you ever told me. <laughs> that, was the, that was the real hard work. That, it, it was mamish with an attempt to, to, because basically, and again, this person meant well. Like, I still consider them some of the deepest family friends we have because to the extent that they understand what meaning well is, there's no one bigger than them. Bemet, I mean this with... Like these are people that I hope are at every family Simcha based with Hashem we should ever be privileged to have. They mean the world to me and they've been such good friends to my family. But sometimes, and Reb Nachman says this regarding Purim, sometimes the voice of Amalek looks nothing at all like Amalek. It looks like Mordechai, a Yehudi. Do you understand? <laughs> Quite often, the voices that are actually causing the most disconnect from our own Hashemahs really are coming from a place of their own atzmi, that's only an atzmi in the context of the, how to make it in the world. And for them, it worked. Meaning, what worked? Success worked. Success worked. Very successful people. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Material success. Material success. And the little boy in me always pops up whenever I see him or someone from the family, Mamash, till today. And I always want to just say, I always want to tell them, you know, somehow I had enough guts not, not to listen to you. But I'm telling you that I'm saying this with so much love. 
because I know that what I would love to do is to take you to a mountain right now and to ask, what, does, what is going on by so-and-so? Like, what? tell me a little bit about what is going on by so-and-so, by you. What, is, what do you think is happening by your children? What do you think your grandchildren are experiencing? What do you, what, what do you think it is? Now, I believe that even though there's some people who say, oh, I'm not so spiritual, this stuff is not for me. I don't know what that means. People say they're not spiritual. It's almost like someone saying, you know, it's much heavier, actually, but it's even someone that's saying, like, I- I'm not into legs. <laughs> that's just not my thing. I have arms. I have arms. My thing is not so much legs. I understand people that have legs. They need to, that's their kind of thing. But where are you going to go to? Like, what are you actually going to do? Where are you going to go? So the Tarbut, Tamaravit, wants us to ignore this type of talk. By all means, why? Because the Sitra Achra knows that once Yidin choose that I will never ignore my Neshama, I will do whatever I can to keep on listening to it and to set up my life and the structure of my life and my social scene and everything about my world, my parenting, my spousing's a word, I don't know, my whatever, that, you know, beinole beina, all is, all, like, I have to function like a person, like a human, human being, I have to wake up, brush my teeth, all these things, but it's all in the context of listening to the neshama. It's all in that context of listening to the neshama. The other side will come in every generation and try to make it most difficult. Therefore, it seems clear that we are on the brink of something bigger than we ever could have imagined, because... And now I'm going to go back to what you said, because has there ever been a generation with this much distraction from listening to their neshama? Has there ever been? I don't think there's ever been since probably Paro. No? I mean, I don't know. When else has there ever been? The Shoah? No, I think it's different. Not to compare hardships... Not to compare hardships, but to, yeah. just to compare to like, I don't know, a yid. I tell you, a yid, a yid was very much connected to his neshama in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I actually wouldn't. The Shoah, I wouldn't put in this context of a time where we were disconnected from our souls. I think like after the Shoah, we were hearing screams and crying, <clears throat> like like never before. All their layers were stripped away. Sorry. All their layers were stripped away. Yeah, loni shalem klum. That's all they were hearing. But in terms of like what we're up against right now, it seems like Paro knew if we listen to the Neshama, we have no chance. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear that there's such a fight from Yishmael that Yidin shouldn't daven and harabait. Mm-hmm. Where is it coming from? Because even they know that if Yidin really get in touch with a Jew davening in the place that was meant for a Jew to daven to Hashem, game over. Are you going to go back to your life normal after that? Game over. But even when we had that, we got plenty distracted. Well, well, well in '67. No, in, in when we had the basic, uh, well, we were good at being distracted back then. I'm, I'm coming, but but, I, but uh, I'm I'm just thinking about today. Like I, I I'm just thinking about today right now, and these are very important things towards this whole mahalach of trying to understand that in order to define what the identity of our door is, it's not just what do people like and what they don't like. What's the music they like? What's the music they don't like? What's the culture like, what they don't like? The zehut, the real zehut, the real identity of the door, should be only defined 
by the extent of how much the door is in touch with their neshama. Should be. Because that'll be the closest, that'll be the clearest answer as to what people are actually looking for, you know, what, how they want to see what they're hearing manifest in the world. And, um, you know, sometimes you could see people that are really in touch with this voice and you'd never want to associate yourselves with them. You know why? Because they really look and act different. They look different. They dress differently. Their whole approach is, is just different. Um, they find... Uh, I have so many friends like this. They really have listened. They, they, they don't know any other way of living, and they know that society today does not really have room for them. doesn't have space for them. And then once in a while, you realize, wait a second, that person that, you know, maybe they start screaming during davening, or they clap, or... Something gives like a krechts or, or they just look a little bit differently and they're something like so, sometimes they're the ones that teach us so much more about all these things we're speaking about than, than, than a thousand shiurim. When you see that it's actually possible. You know, it's possible to be like this. It's possible to think like this. So let's, I want you to turn now to, because um, now we really are, we're, we're running through this. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't see him. Yeah. I think that it's very interesting, though, like, in the scheme of things, we talk about it, it's 10 to 15 years that we're talking about, and yet already, we don't necessarily see a change of talkless, but it's definitely, we're definitely in the generation of people wanting to see themselves more than ever before, <laughs> wanting to understand who they are. <laughs> like, that contrast of, like, what the world is giving us, and now seeing how bad it's true want. so I, like, I think that that's a little bit of physical. where do you think where do you think it comes from like the, that, that <laughs> ratzon where do you think it comes from is it because like the sheker of the world is just so thick yeah, yeah. I, I really do I think that maybe you need that extreme in order to well that explains Sarah's question meaning that's answering you yeah it's a, it's a result of it actually yeah. like yeah. we're so close we're so we're there yeah we're there the world is such Shaker, nachon. Like it's, it's hard. You can't even believe it. You can't even really. You can. You really. You look at it, and you're just shocked. And now we're, and it's not just us in this room. Bar Hashem, like it's a world of people wanting to know who they are. And tachlis, it's not necessarily happening because, as you said, it's definitely an addiction. And not only phones, it's. It's not. It's not. It's a culture. It's not only phones. But with that, we're gonna reach. Amen. Uh, well, not amen to that, but amen to the next thing you're going to say. So that's why I think that it's so. I was speaking about this a little bit on Shabbos on Friday night to say, like, I was trying to explain, like, what's the Torah that we're learning here? The Torah that we're learning here is to discover the power of your own neshama. It's the Torah of what makes us special. What is it that makes us so so beautiful? And the more that I discover that, the more I want of that, and the more that the sheker of the world doesn't phase me. Like That's the beautiful thing about this. Like The more that I really tune into the Pnimiya Sanefesh, the sheker of the world doesn't, it doesn't, put, doesn't threaten me so much anymore. I just laugh at it. I, I, I don't know what cheer it was. Of Ginsburg, did I speak about him on Thursday? But when when he remember he was here exactly a year ago in Zion Adar. Were any of you here when he came, Rav Ginsburg? He came exactly a year ago, Zion Adar. 
Now, oh, this is what this was the context was, is that like people that aren't phased at all by Olam HaSheker, two weeks after Simchas Torah, I thought it was with you, I don't remember when I said this, uh, on Thursday class, but when he called, which one? Right. I'm praying we could look on. Um Rav Judah Michelle came here. That's when I was talking about. Rav Judah Michelle came to the shul and gave a it was like I don't know like 2 weeks into this Amashakaza. He gave an evening in the shul upstairs and uh, it wasn't highly attended because people were I mean rightfully so like freaked out to even leave their safe room like mamash it was it was crazy. It's crazy. He really gave in a very, very, very deep evening. Very important. Mamish, like two, three weeks in. And the state that we were all in was literally just shaking all day long. With our, you know, remember, like, some of us were really thinking, Yecholiot, this is, this is it. Like, Mamash, that was, that was really the Mitziyut. Like, thinking, like, Mamash, this may be it. And everything that the world of Shekhar was showing us was like, yeah, keep on listening to that voice. This really may be it for you. It was a nice ride. You'll be having, you'll have books written about you. We'll, we'll make museums for you in different places. And one of Rav Ginsburg's secretaries were, was here at that night, and when he left, he had to call Rav Ginsburg about something. And I was just walking out, and he said, Shalom, bo tagid shalom l'rav. And he put Rav Ginsburg on the phone. And he says, I said, hello, oh, hi, Rebbe, how are you? Oh, a good year. He said the words, a good year. It was still two weeks after Simchas Torah. It was the night of your daughter's bat mitzvah. How long ago after? after? Sorry? The week after. Yeah, because Ellie brought me a lollipop, have some sweetness from the, from the Simcha. A week after, yeah? Mamash, okay. So he said, a good year. And the way he said it was like, people are still in the world that are wishing, that, that think that there's going to be a good year, there's going to be good things happening. Because the tzaddik is not phased at all by Olam HaSheker. Why? Because the tzaddik is in tune with his neshama. And always, that's where he's operating from. And if the klal, if all of us, were mamash operating only from there, we could keep on, and Bezrat Hashem, and I agree with you, Ilana, this is like a very good, positive way to look at it, is that look at us. Look at us. Look at the last few months. Look how hard it is. And look how strong we are. We're strong, and it's the chayalim that are connecting us to our neshamas. The soldiers are the ones that are forcing each and every one of us to kshivu, listen to what you're, listen to the voice of your souls. I hate to say it, it's not coming from shmuzes. It's not coming from shiurim. It's not coming from gdolim. It's coming from those that are one with their body and their soul, going out to fight. And they're showing us, like, Listen to how strong you are. And I think it's good to pay attention for us and be like, Hever, look, we were in a place, I don't know if it was rock bottom, I hope it was, I pray it was. Like if, if that's rock bottom, let that be rock bottom. And now just, you know, weiter, but in, with, with, with strength. The only strength we could really have, the only strength the Chayalim need us to be connected to is, the, is, to, is to basically make the most out of the shlichus that they're providing for us, which is Everyone walking around with stickers about, like, we can't go back to October 6th. And everyone's only referring to things that are like tachlis facts on the ground. 
And that's also very important. I'm very proud to say my house is going through a massive shiputz and it's avodah ivrit. There's not one Ishmaeli will step foot ever. Not just now, we were going to do this also before. We're doing complete Hebrew work in our like, So certain things, of course, can't go back. But certain, certain, I, I hate to say it, certain mindsets, like certain, this stuff can't also go back to the way it was before either. You know, we must, if you're going to say nothing's going back to pre-October 7th, that means that now every day I'm spending more and more time noticing and detecting the cry of my neshama. Every single day, more and more and more. And that's just as important as all the other facts on the ground. That has to be part of it. That's the revolution. This is the revolution. This is it, and it is already. Like we're already in it. It's already happening. And there's a lot of, Baruch Hashem, a lot of koach we can get from each other to say like, yeah, all the tarbuyot of the world, all the cultures of the world have already claimed, did you see Susan Sarandon, Sarandon yesterday doing a whole makela with a bunch of other chavre, with beautiful like six-piece harmonies about um, like ceasefire and genocide. This is in the name of the beauty of the care of the world. We're calling Sheker out wherever we go, everywhere. And it's, it's, it's bone-chilling, and it's also liberating. It's liberating. We don't want our children to ever have heroes like Eric Clapton or Dave Matthews or any of these people. Even the, honestly, even the ones that are Kivyechol standing up for Eretz Yisrael, those are not heroes. Those are normal human beings. They're just normal human beings. They're not heroes. They're just right. <laughs> they're just they're just okay. Like it's a normal thing. And that's why this journey of like, as you see, the this this whole chapter is called Berura Zerut Bedorenu, and this chapter is called Venatati Lachem Lev Chadash. It is our time right now to receive a new heart. And it's you know, Shlomo Amelech says that the heart has a function of hearing. Lev Shomea, it says in Kohelet. The Shlomo HaMelech speaks about the heart that hears. What does it mean that a heart that hears? So whenever, listen, whenever I ask you, uh, point to where, where's your soul? So where does everyone always go, usually? Yeah, but I don't know why it's like that. They don't, they don't go like here. Or, because it's not, you understand that a soul is not a physical element, right? Where's your soul? It's the whole shebang. It's the whole thing, right? And sometimes like, the deeper thing would be like, where's your soul? And you point to someone else. And you say, Where's my soul? It's here. Like that's the goal, obviously, in the big picture. Where's my soul? It's it's a neshama klalis. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Now, there's a lot, a lot more to say about these things, but I think that what what we, well, it's pretty safe to say this whole this whole paragraph, this whole chapter, is sharpening more and more and more that it's best to invest that which lasts forever as opposed to things that come and go. What lasts forever? The neshama. The body, of course, doesn't last forever. What other things don't last forever? Any type of hype, of something that's cool in the moment, hot in the moment. Anything, the work, we're, the work that we're in right now is like just paying attention and noticing, what am I getting excited about? Now, if we can create a world... Bezrat Hashem, that children get excited about things that last forever, as opposed to things that come and go. Oh my God, Gan Eden in this world, and it's possible. I believe in it fully. 
it's possible to talk even to children the way that, and I think that it's also happening. So it's not going to be a school bashing schmooze. It's actually happening. The more and more teachers are seeing, they're becoming, they're realizing more and more. Hespec is not the success. Hespec means, what we said it a few weeks ago, coverage of material that is not the success anymore. We see, we tried, Corona, now we have the war again. That's not going to be, and I was so happy when my daughter came home with a that this week. And it had no tziyunim. You saw it with one of your kids too? That there's no grades? You know, Aura came home, there's no grades. There's just words from the teacher to the student in each mitzvah about, about how she was with it. I was like, my best thing in the world. It's unbelievable. And I'm telling you, it's actually more motivating than the, than the grade system. So, yalla. Lamshich, lamshich. A child, a child would be so much more encouraged to listen to the neshama if that's the way that they're being judged in school, judged for, you know, graded, for lack of a better word, but for us, for ourselves as well. It should be a week, when I say, in the beginning of Shir, it should be a geudik, a week, it should be a, a week of geula literally means how much was I listening to my soul this week? And how many times did I catch myself by getting excited over things that are uh, uh, finite? As opposed to getting more in touch with that which is infinite, which is nishmas klal Yisrael. And I, and I know that this journey, just to bring it down now a little bit, it's all fluffy and beautiful, and you're sitting here, and it's like, wow, this is, you walk out, and there's going to be someone cutting you up, like, meaning, you understand, there's going to be a dirty diaper, there's going to be all these different things. But <coughs> if that's the premise of my life, if that's the context of which I, how I choose to conduct myself in this world, all those other things don't become uh, distractions to it. They all find its place. They all fit in. They all mesh in. And the friends that maybe you can't talk to like this yet, tr- trust yourself that the love that you have for them is so real that eventually it'll spill over and you'll be feeling like you'll be doing the greatest favor in the world. Bemet, and I know this is a hard one. You'll be doing the greatest favor in the world to those that can't yet speak this kind of language and consider this Talmud Torah, at the end, I trust me, they will come to you and they will thank you. Thank you for introducing to them to a world that they never even knew that they were crying for. Mm-hmm. All right, Shabbat Shavuot everyone. Yes.